We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Steven, great jump cut, 45 feet. Sends a hole, burst to it, 20. Right, steps a tackle, runs left, 25, still in his feet, 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it, he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-hosts, my partners in crime, Mike Stewart. Michael Stewart, former Los Angeles defensive back. And, man, it's been a while. Tommy Evans, gentlemen, start with Mike. How are you? Here I go with the mix-up on the buttons but i am doing outstanding man good to hear you fellas and man i can't wait to get into it about these here rams getting ready to go up against my favorite team the 40 uh that would be not telling the truth uh but man (laughs) doing good and uh man just ready to to hear some of your thoughts on yesterday's game all right tommy Biggity bam, let's get after it, man. Was that a barn burner yesterday? A barn burner. Barn burner. You know, what's crazy is I remember a game that Mike played in, in Tampa Bay, in 1992, where the Rams were down 27-3 at halftime, and led by Jimmy Boy Everett, they came back to win 30-27. Remember this, Mike? I do, I do. I remember we had a, thought it was going to be a long plane ride home, and then all of a sudden we made that comeback, and it's always nice when you can leave the stadium a little bit quieter than when you arrived. A little bit quieter. 
Do you remember that game by chance, Tommy? I do not. Oh. I have a terrible memory. Yeah. Too many hits to head? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're telling me. I was truth. talking to Mark on the phone earlier, and I, I asked him what he had, what they were cooking yesterday. And this is our second conversation of the day, by the way. And I'm like, hey, what did you guys cook yesterday? And he's like, oh, we cooked a carne asada. And I'm like, hey, I think you told me that. I think you might have told me that this morning. He's like, I don't know. I'm like, isn't this great? Our friendship will never get old because we can never remember any of our stories. <laughs> Just tell them over and over again. When you're 75 years old, like when I was your age, we talked about that Rams game. Yeah, you said that four Rams ago, dude. Oh, okay. I mean, that's the worst. That's usually what you're what when you're old. Like my grandma, she will tell. Like my grandpa is 91. He'll be telling a story, and uh, she's like, "You told me that already." I'm like, "Grandma, he's 91. He doesn't remember what you said five seconds ago." Like, do you really have to make him feel bad about that? That's the difference. We would never do that to each other, gents. We would just pretend. Either we wouldn't remember it and it would be perfect, or we would just pretend. And we would say, oh, really? That's so cool. And then pretend it's more. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of memories, though, with us going in, now moving on, Rams when you say 30-27. Um, Shannon Sharp, I believe, predicted this one correctly, by the way, in case you didn't notice. He nailed it. He nailed it. Um, and, he, of course, he had to go on right away and pat himself in the back. Well-deserved, by the way. Well-deserved. He, he can he pat himself all the back. On, like he wants, like he's RVD from the WWE. Just two thumbs to the shoulders. <laughs> give it up because, dude, not only did he pick the score right, but he picked how it was going to go down. He didn't just say a field goal. He said a walk-off field goal. The only concern I have, the only problem I have with that walk-off field goal is the Rams themselves blew a 27-3 lead. That's unnerving. We're going to talk about that. But but that also leads us to talk about the other story, and that's the Rams now will host the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. And another memory comes to mind the last time these two teams played in an NFC Championship game, a 33 loss, knock on wood. Mike, you played in that game. I know, right? Yeah. I know. Yeah, let's go. So this one means something to you. Against a team yeah. that's now beat us six times in a row, including yeah. twice this year. This one means something to you. means a lot. But that's the catch is are our guys, are they going to get psyched out by the six losses in a row? And especially by, you know, these last ones where it's like, yeah, you guys don't have it or we don't. Well, they don't have an answer for this guy named Debo Samuel. So uh, I understand he might be a little banged up, but man, it's going to be for the all the marble. So banged up or not, he's going to be in there putting in work. And there's no way he's missing that game no matter what. Maybe a little slower, but no way he's missing that game. No way on earth. None. Not him. All right, so talking about this game here, we just saw the Rams beat the Bucks 30-27, last second field goal from Matt Gay, who apparently, I guess, from what we're saying, got injured during the warm-ups to start the game. Did not know that. Rams lead at 1.27-3. All the major statistics. Total yards. Um, even fourth down efficiency, even though they work right there. Time of possession. They had 34 minutes time of possession. They led across the board. They played a dominant game for much of it, and yet four turnovers 
all fumbles, all of them, nearly cost them the win. I saw a news article today where it was Tom Brady who came up short, led this comeback. I don't think it was Tom Brady led this comeback. I think the Rams led this comeback in that game, almost lost it for him. Tommy, when you were watching this go down, how, what were you thinking? I was thinking I didn't want to be the next franchise with memes over the next five years on social media like the Atlanta Falcons were. Dude, I mean, come on. The score was almost identical, right? One point away. Yeah, it was it? 28-3. Yeah, man. I did not want to be that. Once they tied it up, that's when I started to get nervous. I'm like, here we go again. This guy, Tom Brady, since the year you know 2001 has been making my life a living hell and here we go again you know as a rams fan it's like the it's bad enough that the dynasty of the patriots started and finished with the rams okay that's bad enough i have to live with that forever we all do but to have him go to another team and dust us again i just couldn't live with it i i was telling you know a couple of the guys on the timeline uh yesterday evening I usually don't get that worked up during games anymore. I just I just don't. And for me, it's good because I used to get really, really fired up and lose my temper. And now I'm just like, eh, no big deal. It is what it is. But yesterday was the first time in a long time. I felt like a 21-year-old. And I jumped up and screamed at the TV and just and lost it, dude. Like, I was so pissed, man. Like, not again, you know? It was frustrating. Mike? Yeah, man. One of the uh, (laughs) things I'm laughing with Tommy was saying that, because I've done a lot of just, yeah, man, I just watch these games, whatever it is. But again, just watching what happened with the Niners and having to hear uh, the Tom Brady stuff, it's like, come on, man. I get it. But if you look at a lot of those championships and or Super Bowls, it's literally like refs helped him get other opportunity. So it's like, yeah, or like Atlanta, that game was over. So it's like, here we go. We're in a situation just really about to blow these guys out. Then a fumble, you go, okay, what does that mean? Quick score. My issue is. But getting back to Tommy's point, I nearly almost kicked my TV, a brand new uh, <laughs> 65-inch TV I got for Christmas. And I'm walking by and I see it. I was like, Bleh! and I'm like. Only two, I- Tom Brady and the 49ers are the only two that can get me that man. <laughs> and I'm like, did I just about kick that TV like that? But my thing was, uh. When you have a team like that or a guy like Tom Brady or Joe Montana back in the day, you literally got to knock those guys out, put up a couple more points. But it's like we just start doing some of the same old stuff, and I'm sure we'll get a little bit more into it. But that's kind of my thing, you know, because I had to run to the store right at the beginning. And it's like the Rams open with, what, five or six straight passes? And I'm going, are we? going down this road today and so it's looked like it was working out first half but to me that was a key point down the stretch you got to start running and somebody should be doing some analytics like okay it's 10 minutes left in the game even if we don't get first downs 
if we run the ball, it's literally going to run off almost two minutes of possession off the clock, just running the ball. So that's the thing I don't understand why we weren't doing more of that if it wasn't anything but to run the clock. How about you, D? What do you have on some of that? I would say I agree and disagree. Cam Akers ran 24 times yesterday. I mean, that's a lot of carries. Here's the problem. So Michelle only ran once. That's a concern for me. Like, you... I, I think they ran the ball. I think they tried to run the ball. I don't think they really worked, you know, the power part of it much. And they didn't really wear down the defensive line much. But I, I didn't have much problem with the play calling. I didn't have much problem with the the overall game plan. I thought they had a good game plan. I don't, I don't have much to complain about at all for the coaching this this time around. Where I do have a problem with are the player mistakes. That's the problem I have with. And, and that's going to happen. I know they happen. I feel bad for Cam Makers coming back and he fumbles twice. One of them is kind of a freak fumble. One of them he should have known better. You know, but Cooper Cup lost a fumble. I mean, Cooper Cup lost a fumble. Brian Allen, come on, man. You got you can't do that. Brian Allen deserves Christian for that one. But, I mean, four fumbles, all lost. If they only lose one of those, it's a blowout yesterday. People keep talking about Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. Man, he only had one real long drive in the entire game. That's it. Everything else was yeah. courtesy of those fumbles. Everything else was helped by the fumbles. And so I look at this and go, it, it, the score is deceiving. It was domination outside the turnovers. Clean the turnovers are fine. And they've had dominating halves in, in their last three games. The first four-hour game, the first Cardinal game, and this game. They've been dominant. More dominant than I've seen them be at any other point in this season. But... They're not doing it for 60 minutes every game. And that would be my concern. They're going to need 60 minutes next week against the 49ers. Or they're in trouble. That team is built to beat them. We've done that forever. It's a challenge. But can they do it? Yeah, they can. They almost did last time out. Tommy, jump on in there. Yeah, I, I liked the game plan. The only thing, and I won't hammer Cam, because for one, he just came back. And to give him that much of a workload... I agree. I think it should have been 50-50 with him and Sony. And I want to see, to be honest with you, I want to see more personnel with both of those guys on the field at the same time. Split back. I don't care if you line one of them up in the slot and one in the backfield. You you, you need your best playmakers out there. And, and guys like Blanton, you know, what is he, like a second or third string tight end? He came in there and he, he played good, you know, but you don't, you don't expect that, you know. But I need to see the guys that are my playmakers out there. I need as many playmakers out there as possible. And Sony Michelle has earned the right to be a contributor in the postseason. You guys agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I need to see more of that because Sony, he's that banger. You know what I mean? He's going to get you your 3.5 yards of carry. And that's all you need to get first downs in this league. That's it. They're going to need him next weekend. Yeah, I need to see more Sony Michelle next week and not less of Cam. You know, put him in the slot, dude. Let you know, let those guys work. Put him in the bunch with with Coop. You know what I mean? Throw some stuff that people are gonna go, Oh my god, we've never seen this before. What are we gonna do? That's how you win the Super Bowl is you go out and you you do things like give Odell the ball and let him throw it to Cam Akers. They don't they weren't expecting that. That's why Cam Akers was wide open. 
you got to do more of that stuff in the playoffs. They they took advantage of a very beat up Tampa Bay team, and our team just matches up well in our favor against that team, and we've proved that since Tom Brady's been their quarterback. We are three and zero against that team with Tom Brady at quarterback. So it doesn't matter what you do. That that's why I wanted that matchup. I, I you know people were like, oh, how could we let the 49ers in the playoffs? But one of, one of our fellow Ram fans on Twitter, Mike, said said it perfectly. Hey, why don't we just let them in and clean out the teams we don't want to play anyway? And sure, and and we all joked about it. Like, yeah, let them clean it out, and then we'll get the home game in the NFC Championship. And guess what? Here we are, boys. I mean, you look at also, and you think, okay, well, the Rams get that home game, and it's the 49ers. In that home game, the 49ers, we saw what happened last time out, where it was what? What was it? Was it close to a 50-50 crowd? No, I, I'm gonna tell, I wasn't there, but watching it on TV and, and, and getting photos from everyone, and hey, send me, send me your guys' photos in there. I want to say it was like 70% 49er fans. It was, it was a sea of red. Now, I will tell you this. It's not going to be that way this time, and I'll tell you why. It's the NFC Championship. Even if we were playing them in the divisional round or the wild card round, it wouldn't matter. The Ram fans are going to show up, okay? They're going to show up because they want to be there. They want to be a part of that. Do you think L.A. Ram fans, for the most part, care about a game at the end of the season against the 49ers when they spent all their Christmas money buying their kids and everybody Christmas presents and they need to recoup some of that money? Let me explain something to you if you guys didn't grow up in, in Los Angeles because I did my whole life. I've never lived anywhere else. People here are hustlers. It's in our DNA. Money is important to us. You know why? Because it costs a grip to live here, dude. Like, it's unaffordable. You got three families in every house almost down here in certain neighborhoods, you know? People are broke because it's insanely expensive to live here, especially now. So people were selling their tickets to make money. People will sell anything to make money in L.A., dude. That's just how the city's always been. It's a hustle town. And people here care about more about money than anything else, even sports. They don't care about that crap, dude. They, it's just the way it is. So it, it put the Niners in September in SoFi, and then we'll have a different conversation. Okay? Every single year we play them the last week of the season since they've been back in L.A. I'm really tired of that. Why, why do we play them? you know, up there earlier on in the year. And always the last game of the season is 49ers Rams in LA. How, why don't the last game of the season, we go there, let's change the narrative, you know, and let's go take over their damn stadium, you know, but it's just, that's the way this town is. But as far as NFC championship game is concerned, no, 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 you're going to see a, a big difference. I think it will be, I still think there's going to be a big 49er presence, but I'll stay closer to like 75-25. That's going to be my prediction. And I'll take plenty of photos, honest photos, when everyone's in the stadium and in their seats, and I will be transparent. Now, the Rams, they did change their policy, make sure the tickets purchased are, are purchased locally. So they want our people online complaining about trying to purchase tickets from like New York. They won't let them. So, so what if you guys want what if you wanted to fly into the game and get you couldn't? I mean, I don't know all the distance. I didn't have to buy them. I just know that was the you're rule. Telling me right now if you went to buy a ticket, you wouldn't be allowed to. Uh, by the looks of it, yeah. 
That sucks. Yeah, and part of it is they're somewhat limiting tickets. What that means, I'm not sure. You know, are they going to allow it? I mean, how do they know if you're a 49er fan or not? I don't know. But exactly. maybe it's, you know, a certain uh, website. Maybe they're only letting you buy through the ram.com website. I'm, I'm not sure. But, yeah, there's a couple master. articles. Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple uh, articles talking about their limiting tickets, which I'm like, what does that mean? Because uh, as long as I play, they somehow found and find a way to get it. But I definitely agree with you, Tommy, that there was a sea of red that was way more than 50%. So I agree. It we were, like on, we were on silent count. There's no way 50%. You know, yeah. Yeah, no way. exactly. No exactly. But but I want to jump back on this this Cam Akers thing real quick on the twenty four rushes DC twenty four rushes don't get tricked by probability and statistics. It can be twenty four rushes, but are they a good twenty four? Cam Akers is more of I can hit it inside, bounce it outside, or I'm gonna hit you with speed off the edge. You can't try to run a guy in between the tackles. Now can he? But he can't make a living doing it. That's what caused the fumble. You look at Cam Aker, he carries the ball like a guy who's always running in open field, like a breadbasket. Anytime you get in traffic, you got two hands on the ball, tucking it until you get out of traffic. He's going in traffic with one hand on the ball. That's going to be a disaster for fumble every single time. And that's how he got it. The thing because, was, think about it. The, the second one, it wasn't a fumble it was a forced fumble it was in dominican sue's giant yes. incredible hulk arms reaching in there and punching him as hard as he could and probably hurt cam's arm in the meantime swinging on him like that because that ball right. flew out of there listen that was a forced fumble but you're right he had one hand on the ball and when you're going in between the tackles my man you know better that uh, as a safe former safety i'm trying to swing on that thing if he comes through the middle i'm the one hand's tackling, the other hand is punching that ball out. So you every better, time, better have every two balls. You you know that. Yeah, every time. And so the thing with Cooper Cuff, I just think that that was one of those. You know, the guy kind of tackling, tackling him from behind, the side behind. And that was to me just you know one of those things. Great play for the defender. It kind of just came out. But Cam Akers, you're running between the tackles. On the goal line, you're running between the tackles. In the middle of the field, you're running between the tackles, but you're running like you're in open field. That, to me, is fundamentals. And so, uh, you know, and then, of course, the, the, the other snap over the head. I don't know. What did you guys make of that? It was just because they were kind of on a silent count because the crowd was so loud. Um Brian just thought he heard or saw, you know, whatever the signals that be, that go on between him and Matt to to be able to snap that ball on a silent count. He just made a mistake. That was it. It's that simple. You know, he just he's like, I thought I, I was reading lips and he's like, I thought I thought I and I, I read I thought I so I saw that and I was like, oh, he's he, he thought that they gave their signal or whatever. And it was just a mistake. That's all it was. Yeah, but it was still a bad stab anyways. 
Oh, no, no. Yeah. That was an awful well, stab. It was, it was kind of right there off the shoulder. I mean, if he would have been looking, he would have. He yeah, if he, if he would have. Because he wasn't looking. Because when they showed the replay, his eyes were away from. Yeah, he was looking at But yeah, he would have he been able to snap set. No problem. It would have been, but it wasn't like straight to him. It wasn't off snap, anyways. That's my point. And going back yeah, to the yeah, carries. It wasn't perfect. Going back to the, going back to the carries, I, I get what you're saying. I don't disagree with you at all. I'm just making the basic point. It's not like the Rams didn't try to run the ball. This is where I go back to what I initially said. You needed Sony Michelle run the ball more because he yeah. should have been the guy carrying between the tackles. How yes. many carries did 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 we have total in the game, regardless of running backs? Um, twenty four plus maybe. I think it was thirty total or whatever. Yeah, thirty total. Okay, thirty total. So twenty four for Acres, one for for Van, one for uh, four for Stafford, and and one for Sony. So Stafford got more carries than him. Carry? Only one carry. That's my complaint. I need I need him to touch the ball at least ten With times. Cam back thirteen. I need him to yeah. touch the ball thirteen at least. So I mean I don't I don't have that's what my that's my point. My point is they they did try to run the ball. I don't think that they ran efficiently. That's all. I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you at all, Mike. I'm just saying they did try. Yeah, the attempts. Yeah, were yeah. I just, it just, I it just the way know. they went about it was not. I wasn't a fan of it. They're now, giving this, Cam too much responsibility too early, in my opinion. Well, me too. And my my issue almost again goes back to what are these guys doing as far as game plan? And I'm sitting there watching the game. I haven't watched any tape technically of Tampa Bay or things like that, but I can watch the game. And after that first quarter, it's like, okay, this is what they're doing. I don't know what our guys are doing because it's like, no, let's give Sony Michelle in between these tackles. The thing is with Cam, he was doing a lot of running and breaking it outside, you know, running a little bit more off tackle, off the edge last week. You can't go, oh, it's going to be the same thing this week. No, it's a different team. You got those big boys and Dominic and Sue and, and JPP and over there. You know, Dude, and yeah, via, via via Veda and and, and Dominican Sue in the middle is like seven hundred pounds almost. Easy. Like you don't want that smoke. Stay out of the area right there. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so my thing is, or issue if any, is okay, offensive coordinators, what are we doing as far as the adjustments? You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. This whole thing of interviewing for other jobs and, and the the week is going on. I mean, you can do a Zoom, but to me, all that stuff, no matter what, has to be a distraction. I'm looking at, you know, and now I'm going to jump on our defensive guys. It's like, okay, man, we, we, we can't just start doing this blitz happy thing. I watched Green Bay. Y'all lost the game trying to blitz at the end. Tampa Bay surely did. and. You know, uh, Tennessee, I didn't watch all of that game. But again, it's like everybody gets blitz happy when there's no reason to blitz. You're just putting people in a position to get beat at the end of the game when you got 35 seconds. Hey, man, you guys are throwing check downs. We'll rally up. Not we're going to put people in zero coverage and we can just run by you. That just I don't know what makes I don't know how that that happens. Well, so I, I just know we can't be giving up no 20-point lead come next week. Hey, I'm just glad Tampa Bay blitzed when they did. Let's go ahead and blitz against the quarterback who's best lead against the blitz with the game on the line. Go on, Tampa Bay. You do that. Who, who, who reads that and go, oh, well, that's not going to work against us? 
And then you got Bruce Arians <laughs> talking about, oh, yeah, we have zero blitz and a guy didn't blitz. I've looked at that blitz a thousand times. That linebacker blitzing or not wouldn't have gotten there either. That ball was out. You got the safety squatting on the route and Cooper Cuff just runs by him. And I'm like, I've never seen DBs that don't backpedal. I don't get it. Yeah, I think a lot of the guys in the back end, because we, I, mean, I know you watch them the most, Mike, and so do I, because we're from the back end, right? That's where we, that's where we made our, you know, and it's just, I, I was always told as a safety, nobody gets by you. Exactly. Ever. And nobody ever did. I kept the game in front of me, you know? I never let no one run by me. No way. Not going to happen. You know, it's just. It's part. Of, it's the one thing that good coaches teach you as, as a you know as a safety back there. Nobody gets by you. Yeah, you and, I, in front and of you. I know that their coaches had to say, you know, well, our term was uh, nothing deep, nothing deep. You know what I mean? That's that's a term. You know, I taught my high school guys. Hey, and my my guys, I coach. Hey, man, nothing deep, and they know what that means. Don't let anything get behind you. Up your playing around, and that's kind of what happened with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen, stop all that playing and stay on top of the receiver. Don't let him get even because they say, if I'm even, I'm leaving. That's what receivers say. And so, yeah, yeah, Jalen's the best corner in the league. We all know that. But, dude, just because he's the best corner in the league doesn't mean he can't get beat. And Mike Evans is not even a fast receiver. The fact that they rolled the coverage away from Mike on that play, I was just like, seriously, guys, come on, man. Like you rolled the coverage away and you just left him on an island. Like dude, you did him dirty, in my opinion. I get <laughs> you know, that he's the yeah. best man corner in the league. I get that, but nobody is untouchable, dude. Like it, right, every the dog has a day, just like Jalen said on Twitter exactly. yesterday. He said it. He he pissed. He never wants to get beat, and he got beat yesterday and pissed Kim off, rightfully so. But they rolled the covers away, and that's what happens. You know. You need a safety back there just in case. Just, yeah. oh, you know, and the egos get in the way. The coach's egos and, and Jalen's, right? He's like, we all know Mike Evans is slow, and, and we know Jalen's the best. So they're like, ah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. That's ego getting in the way of reality. Okay, you got to be careful with that, you know, because stuff like that happens, like what happened yesterday. Well, also, I would, I would just simply note, too, that in relation to Jalen, imagine this. You're going to roll coverage off one of the better, one of the, one of the top. I don't know if you think Mike Evans is what, top 10, top 15 receiver in the league? Top he's up 10, there. Easy. Yeah. He's just not okay. fast. Yeah, he's so you're going to roll help away from him to Scotty Miller? If I, I don't know if, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm the Rams, I would rather have Scotty Miller try and beat me over Mike Evans. I'm going to put Scotty Miller one on one with D Will and then, you know, or whatever and roll coverage. To the other side, I'm not, you know, I'm going to make sure my other safety has his eyes on Gronk, and I'm going to make sure my other safety has his eyes on Mike because we didn't have Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin out there, so we had to worry about them. So there wasn't too much to worry about, guys. You know, there wasn't yeah. a ton. That it, it was the best. The best game plan on defense was make the no name guys beat you. That we did that to them yesterday. Blanton's catching passes, and everyone's like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> you know, people, the average fan is like, "Who the hell is that?" I didn't even know that guy was on the team. You know, and that's, you know, that's exactly what you do. 
okay, you guys want to you want to go after our superstars? We'll throw it to the other guys. Now, now that said, I mean overall the game plan overall was pretty solid. A couple mistakes we just pointed out there, but in the end, what made the game close was was the on the field mistakes. And if that happens against San Francisco, they're done. Don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. I gotta be don't there. I told him. I told the guys. I'm like, man, I don't know if I could walk out of that stadium taking an L around all those Niner fans. You know, but hey, I don't. I don't see Cam Makers go out there making the same mistakes a week after. He's gonna have no, to win no, his no. ear all week. He's not I one of those guys. He's not. One, yeah. He's not one of those players. He's not. He's not gonna get the yips, dude. He's just not wired that way. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't see that happening. I think. I think it'll be a great game on Sunday. I think the, the Niners. We know what they're gonna do. They're going to try to run it 45 times. Yep. There's nothing well, secret about it. If it ain't broke, are, don't fix it. Yeah. Right? And you guys are hitting on something. First week, you come back super fresh, and he looked it. The second week, that wear and tear from that first game does a little bit something. So now you're back into you know a little bit more playing mode, but you're coming back in kind of a heightened time of the year where playoff games, it's more physical, a lot more is on the line. You look at what happened with Derrick Henry, Henry, they're like, no, Derrick, there will be no running over us today. You guys are going to have to beat us another way. And they forced Tennessee into four turnovers, and they looked like they couldn't really play either. And then they got, again, the same thing, trying to go zero covers and getting beat and lose, lose at the end. It's like, Okay, what's going on? Uh, and and to your guys' point, Mike Evans is 6'5", Jalen Ramsey is 6'1". So the thing about this time of year, it's all about matchup. My biggest concern, or one of them, was, okay, we don't really have a big physical hitter guy in the secondary. If I'm Tampa Bay, Gronk. Get ready. We're running you down this middle of this field, and we're going to see who wants to tackle you. But for whatever reason, these teams kind of go away from what probably they could do to dominate. So it's going to be interesting to see if Frisco just says, hey, man, you guys haven't been able to stop this Debo dude. We're just going to give it to him and just say, forget it. We're not going to overthink it. So it's going to be interesting to see because – Garoppolo, to me, he's due for like a three-turnover game, hopefully a Sunday. Real quick, for anybody who moves on, we can, we can get a station break in terms of commercials. Our, our sponsors, here you go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, I want to point this out as well. If if we know the Rams are going to run, I mean, the 49 are going to run 40, 45 times, they're going to try it anyways, you know to expect Mitchell, you're going to expect Debo Samuel on the ground, and you're going to expect Kittle, if Kittle's healthy. Those are your three guys to worry about. Can the Rams do this? Physically, are they able to match up against that offensive and defensive line? I mean, the 49 are great in the trenches. That's what's made them so tough to beat. Can they do it? I think they can. And, and it needs to be, this is my mad scientist thinking, you know, you go up against a certain opponent and you got a game plan for that opponent. That's just the way you should coach. I don't know why anybody would do it any, any differently, right? Some people just keep doing the same thing until someone stops it and then they'll change it. We've all seen that before. But when you're going up a, against a team like the 49ers, why don't you come out with your starting defensive line a little bit unconventional, all right? Put two guys in the middle, Gaines and Robinson. All right. On the outside, Aaron Donald and Von Miller. And then have Leonard Floyd playing that uh, hybrid linebacker position back there, right? With uh, Traven Howard and rotate Howard in and out with Reader on certain downs where you think that they're going to run it or blah, blah, blah. But do something differently. I noticed when they've been lining Aaron Donald up at defensive end, boy, is he literally unstoppable. I mean, I don't know why they don't do it more. I really don't. That's yeah, I, I agree. Do. Because you can see Aaron Donald, that guy is strong. His, his, I don't know. I've watched him just push a dude off of him. Like, get off me, man. But he's able to, his advantage, size works to his advantage he's literally able to get uh leverage and that's what von miller is looking like he's able to do now looks like his ankles gotten better and better each week because now he's looking like that guy he just rips underneath you and just go makes a play so uh i agree though move move leonard floyd around he could play the hybrid you know for what they're doing because he's super fast dude he can play he can play linebacker in a 4-3. You know, well, that's he what I'm play. saying. Everybody wants to pigeonhole all these players, but when you start to think like a mad scientist, you really exactly. can do some some fun things with these athletic guys. And, and he really, has really freak out the offense because when you line up, 
and, and the Niners come out and they see that, they're going to have a panic attack because well, they've never he, seen it before. Right, and he you know? has the length to be able to, you know, make plays as far as getting his hands up in the air and, and pass coverage and, you know, being able to run a little more freely over the top and make plays on, you know, running plays, sweeps and little screens and things like that. And plus, you got a bigger guy coming at you, receiver trying to block me, as opposed to when he's on the edge, well, they can get a little bit more of a chip on you. So, yeah, that would be a nice little wrinkle. Just move some guys around. But uh, I, I like those guys as far as what they can do. It's just everyone else has to just they just can't let them get that thing rolling. No, they have to keep the middle stout. What, what, if, if you guys were paying attention this week and the week before, what does our defensive line do too well? They get up field too fast. So they get smoked on the screen pass every time or on certain run plays because Aaron Donald's in the backfield and the running back already ran past him. And he turns around like, oh, there he goes. Because he's so good, he'll run himself out of the play when he lines up in the middle. But when he lines up on the outside, I've seen him come off that edge and as soon as the, the running back gets the ball from the quarterback, he's gone. And he murders him, dude. So put him on the edge because he has a way to get underneath that right armpit or mm-hmm. that left armpit of each tackle and just duck right underneath him and go straight for the quarterback and the running back every single time. He has no business playing defensive tackle, in my opinion. You can move him around all day you want, but when you put him at end in a 4-3, can't stop him. You already have your run stuffers in the middle. You don't need them. You only yes. and, it's, and, and when you put him on the edge, guess what? You can no longer triple team him now, guys. Right. You can't because he's too fast. Right. But if you put him in the middle, you got your center, your guard, and your tackle who could just all snatch him up. You take yep. that away from them. Take that away from them by putting him on the edge. So the, this is one of those ones I wish we actually had a Rams coach in on the show with us to explain why they do some of the things they do. I want, I, we want to get in their brains, like surgeon, just get in there and just, just talk it all out. On the flip side, other side of the trenches, Offensively, against that Niners front seven, the Rams' offensive line has has had its problems as well. What are you doing if you are the Rams right now to try and deal with that oncoming rush, that oncoming rush defense? How are you handling it, Mike? Well, for me, it's simple. You tell the dudes up front, guys, we're getting ready to smash mouth. We're, we're going to see what, how much they really want of this. And you let those guys start teeing off on those guys early with Sony Michelle banging on them and then soften them up a little bit, bringing Cam for a little bit more of the speed. And now you at least got them, you know, sitting back on their heels a little bit. Now you take Cam and what I would do, and I don't know, it just seems like a lost art is Cam. Yeah, you're in block. They don't come. Check down. Check through the line and option route. Or you check just to a flat route or a swing. That's just the easiest play. Get him in space. Make guys tackle him now where he has an advantage of speed, quickness. I mean, he was making some guys miss in the open field. And you go, ooh, he's going to be on somebody's highlight reel. So His hips like Le'Veon Bell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's He moves laterally so fluidly. So you're exactly yes. right. Do what Brady and the guys were doing to us, they, they're getting upfield on us quick. Throw those screen passes. Get them off you. They, every time they threw a screen pass, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Greg Gaines are all 
way in the backfield and nowhere even near the play or where the ball was. It, it happened that fast. Do that to the Niners. Back them off you a little bit. You know, stop trying to run. You know, seven step drops. You just you can't do that against them. You know, Tommy, you're you're saying something that I was thinking. So you stole my thunder, dude. Seriously, I've that has been on my mind here for hours and hours as I've been thinking about the podcast tonight. And I've mentioned before on the show, back 2017, 2018, when Todd Gurley was at his max, the Rams were one of the best screen teams in the league. They had they get the ball out to Gurley, he's gone. And you have one of those guys now in, in Cam Akers, and they barely ever run a screen. And oftentimes when they run a screen, it's going to a Tyler Higby or somebody else is a little slower. One of the receivers of tight ends, you're exactly right. They needs to go to Cam because he's the shiftiest guy outside of Cup on the offense. So, hello. Like, he's got the hips, man. These guys, that's why Cup is so good. It's not, it's his lateral movement that gets him open. Same with Cam. It's not his speed. It's his lateral movement. It's his ability to trick the defender into mm-hmm. he's going one way and going the other. They're amazing at that. They need to use that to their advantage. The thing, well, too. They definitely because you you gotta kind of find a way when you have a dude named uh, Mister Armstead who is six seven. It's not like you can really just throw over him on his side of the field. You have to throw around him. Well, what is mm-hmm. that? You got to send it back on a check down where he can option out, and now you have a better throwing lane. You got to send him on the edge and angle back in the middle, or you just send him on a natural no blitz. Hey, man, I just check release and hit me in this little swing route, and I'm going to go get you four or five or make a guy miss, and now I got 25. But when he's in, he bats down so many balls, but it's six, seven. Yeah, I don't care how tall you are, quarterback. Uh, it's pretty hard to throw over a guy when you're trying to hit slants and all that stuff, unless you're able to get in between those linemen and hit certain windows. So, yeah, it'll be interesting because, again, the good old screen game, uh, but I know they changed the old chopping rule probably because of the 49ers. Thank you. Uh but you got to just be able to play to your strength. And absolutely, uh, Cam Akers is a guy who has the shiftiness to do it. I also want to point this out as well. I mean, the Rams staff has to be in the ears of the officials early in this game. There's not, I don't care what anybody says. No team holds more in the late than the 49ers. Every game, day in, day out, they hold a ton. And they get away with it a ton. If I'm the Rams coaching staff, I'm laying those seats from the get-go. Don't let them control last last scrimmage that way. If they're going to lose, let it be legit. But you need to be in the ears of the officials. Don't let them sit in there go, you know, get away with it over and over and over again throughout the throughout the day. There's a reason why the Forest are so good, and I don't blame them for doing, you know, holding as much as they can. Every team's going to try and hold as much as they can. Don't let them get away with that. Be in their ears. I can go back to that Ram Four Hour game. I can go play after play after play and circle it. Hold, 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 hold. And it's so very obvious. Like, why aren't you calling these? I mean, they're so obvious. You call I'm them early, they're not going to do as much. Refs and tell them nothing before the game. I'm going to order them all portos, have it delivered. <laughs> go and be like, how y'all doing today, gentlemen? Oh, uh, yeah. Have a good day, y'all. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm telling you that right now. Tom Brady made the mistake on Sunday of not doing that. Okay, he lost his way 
He's been buttering them up for decades and getting his calls. And now he's he his ego is so huge that he thinks he could scream at every single person and curse them yes. out and get his way. He found out yesterday that that head ref and that head ref was my dude. He looked over at Tom when he's screaming at him out of the corner of his eye. And man, the the stuff I could feel coming out of his DNA, he didn't say a word to him. But what I can feel was a lot of curse words right back to him. And mind you, get out of my face, you know, and the rest of the game, they were not cool. Like he and I even read the quotes from the referee. He said he said some unsavory things to me and I wasn't I was basically I wasn't having it. And, and that that crew really held their own as far as don't disrespect me or you're going to pay. Mm. And he it was an equal opportunity officiating crew yesterday, in my opinion. And that was at hockey the first time in a long time. I was like, you know what? This ref crew is actually kind of doing their job today the, equally the right way. This is how it should always be. I was pretty, I was pretty happy with the way things were. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're right, uh, Derek. That was a uh, young Ed, young Ed hockey. So that's his son, some, uh, Sean. Yeah. Oh, that son. was that was Ed's son, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. He. Oh yeah. He ain't playing because you know yeah. pops didn't play. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nobody was getting in Gun's face back in the nah, day. Nah. Because no. you're about to get clapped in the <laughs> headlock, bro. You better watch yourself. Watch yourself today, son. You know, but I liked the, the you know, so he did get some of his pops, the DNA, and then good for you, son. Good for you, man. <laughs> I do want to, I mean, nothing from nobody. I just want to point out, that, I mean, it, to me, it just seems to make sense. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm going to him saying, hey, man, look, blow my mouth. They hit me in the face. Can you watch that? Because, I mean, common sense says they're not going to make a call on something they didn't see. Maybe he didn't see it. So how can you call me didn't yeah, see it? It's all about the delivery, right? Go up to him and say, hey, man, look at my lid. They, he popped me good. Can you guys keep an eye out for that stuff? Sure. I, I guarantee he would have been like, yeah, 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 no problem, no problem, no problem. But it's the way he was screaming and cursing. I'm like, all right, you're 44 years old. You're the oldest guy in the leagues. Set the tone, yeah, again, man. For that. Whining. Oh, oh yeah. Crying. Hey, quick question. Kick or no kick? Was it a kick on Sue? I dude, I didn't see it. I, I played that bad boy back so many times. I guess you could say it was a kick, but it was more of did it, it wasn't like reaction. something. It wasn't something like he. I could say, oh yeah, I can't wait till Sue does this. I'm gonna kick him. It was just one of those things. He's going over him, and Matthews just kind of falling back in his. His foot looked like it kind of came up. It didn't look like it was anything he tried to do because it was like, yeah, Dominic, you too big to even get kicked. But you know, he so it didn't. Was, it didn't warrant Sue's reaction. Yeah, I don't think so. It I looked at it a thousand times, yeah. and I'm going, okay, he might have kind of brushed him, but they're both just kind of toppling. What do you think, Derek? I think it looked more like they were going to the ground. And Matt's like, yo, I don't want him landing on me. So he pushes up, up away a little bit. A little bit. That's what it looked that, to me. I don't think yeah, it didn't. If you're going to kick somebody in the nads, you're not doing it like that. No, you're going to put a little little more into it. There was no force there. He was just, it was almost like a, kind of like a, a push. It was interesting kick. that, I don't know, man. It, it looked like go back in the heat of a day. I didn't see it. I don't even I think. I don't know how he even felt that. You know what I mean? So I, I was like, he kicked him. 
kept playing. We all know Sue. Y'all know Sue has a bad temper, so his reaction wasn't a surprise. But that's why I asked you if it warranted it or not. But probably. No, I don't. So it was just kind of. (laughs) You know, if anything, it was like an incidental thing. But yeah, it was no way. And Matt knows he wouldn't have been trying. To I've never to seen a team get more personal fouls and unsportsmanlike conduct in the first half than the Bucks did on Sunday. They were, they were in their feelings so much. It was embarrassing for them, and I could not stop laughing. I'm like, I would not want to be a Bucks fan right now because they, the players are crying, like whining, throwing fits. Getting flags, I was just—it was hilarious. I'm like, you guys are grown <laughs> professionals, like, sack up, dudes. They were falling apart so emotionally; it was—it was embarrassing for them. Hey, what so what do you guys think about young Eric Weddle? Dude, that's my guy, man. What about the hit? Weddle was coming downhill. People. I was very surprised for a guy out the league, what two years. His his form tackling, he must have been practicing in the gym or something. But he was coming downhill on guy. <laughs> Eric, Eric knows how to get it, dude. There's this, there's this, this fraternity that we have in in sports with the white safeties, right? We, there's a small fraternity <laughs> of us. So we always rally around each other, bro, because they're not much of us out there. But I'll tell you right now, I don't know how many white safeties you've seen in the league, but we all bang. Because <laughs> we, we have to, right? We always joke always. around when we play. Like the brothers have the speed, so he we got to make up for it somehow. We used our aggression, and we he would said. come down and we would knock ourselves out. You know, he so said Eric, white safeties. I can't get it, <laughs> dude. It's just it, it. Listen, it's a fraternity, and it's a very small one. So we always rally around each other. You know what I mean? Now, do you but think Eric, his Eric call take the two years uh, off thirty at thirty? Huh? Do you think his call warranted a penalty? No, because he pulled up and he was running full speed. There was nothing he could do right there. Like, what are you right. going to do? Just like slide on the ground like a baseball player and completely yeah, take yourself. Like, you can't completely avoid playing football. There, at some point, There's stuff contact. like that's going to happen. And that was lit, that was incidental contact. He pulled up. You could totally right. tell. I watched it back a bunch of times. I'm like, he pulled up. You know, but the refs have to do their job, you know, and it was after the fact the body hit the ground. So who cares? It doesn't matter. It was still turnover on downs, but he did his best to pull up. You know, he was just it was too late. You know, seeing him, though, come off the couch after two years at 37, man, the fraternity was going wild. We were losing our minds, dude. Like just (laughs) just seeing him the first game, get everyone like it's kind of embarrassing that. A guy can come off the couch after two years and coach the secondary immediately better than the coaches on the team. Like he had that them, part. again. He had them all lined up. Whether it was the Niner game, the Arizona, like he had these guys lined up. Price of admission just for his brain alone, dude. Like he is a coach on the field. And when he retires after this is over, if I'm the Rams, I'm saying, You want a job? You want a job coaching? Because you got it. You know, you got a DB job. Get in here and coach now, you guys up. do you think he would try to come back and play? No. Nope. He's he's good for three or four games and a chance at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I don't think he wants to play a whole season. But coming back yeah. for the opportunity to right, win a Super right. Bowl on the team that you thought you were going to win a Super Bowl in 2019 with, yeah. but didn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. I, you, if my phone rang, like, hey, man. There's a certain redemption to it. 
You know, because he did, his 2019 year wasn't that great. Had a lot. The whole team had issues that year. So come in and contribute now. I mean, it, it certainly matters. One question I had for all of you, though, what did you think of his penalty? Good call, bad call? The one the where one he where got he, the penalty? Yeah, the personal foul. He pulled up on the hit? Yeah, that's what we're saying. The one he pulled up on, like, I, I don't think it was really warranted, but I also thought, okay, yeah, like, yeah, man, let that guy know this is real football. See, I thought it was warranted according to the rules. Dude. That's why, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I want to make sure I got that on best. you guys on record for that. Yeah, he pulled up. He tried his best to pull up. Um, the penalty was, it's part of the rule book. It is what it is. The, the refs were just doing their job. But did he try to pull up and slow down? Of course he did. Yeah, Man, yeah his... I agree. Yeah, part If of the he didn't, book. that guy would have went to sleep. Oh, for he sure. He would have been like Rodney McLeod hitting Emmanuel Sanders, dude. Yeah, yeah. The, and then that would have looked like, oh, that was a cheap shot. For and sure. that would have been blatant, and that would have right. that that changed been... the whole outcome of that that yeah, call, right? He would have got, he, he probably got ejected. ejected exactly. Out for next week, too. So, yeah, I think the fact that he just like, yeah, man, I'm just, I can't stop that fast. And he let up a lot, but it just was enough where, you know, his helmet got in there that, yeah, and it was wide open. They kind of had to call it with the ball not really being there anymore. Okay, one last question for we go, guys. Matthew Stafford. This has been a year where he's been frustrated. Um, he's been frustrating at times to watch. How do you uh, how do you view his performance now? These last two playoff games. Let's start with you. Let's start with you, Mike. Yeah, I mean the last two. It's it's almost one of those things where you know you could see Tom Brady as it was getting tighter. He was la- more laser focused. And it looks like Matthew has a little bit of that as well. It's like when it's kind of getting tight, it's like he reads who he needs to throw to and things like that. You know, even on that very last play to Cooper Cup, if you go back to it, he's throwing the ball really just to a spot. He's trying to throw and absorb a hit kind of at the same time. So he didn't even see it really get completed because he, throws it and turns around, you know, to absorb the hit. And then eventually he sees like, oh, my guy catches it. And he runs down there and like, guys, we got to get set up to snap the ball, which is crazy. Did you guys see guys just kind of loafing? A little bit. Yeah, I'm like, okay, man, he's running down there trying to get people set up. Guys are like, oh, man, like, hey, man, we got plenty of time. I just like, man, where's the urgency? But yeah, I, I think overall. Those guys didn't play in Detroit that long. That's why. <laughs> that's right. The uh, sense of urgency under his belt is much different than the average player. That's for, for sure. sure. You know. But I thought Tommy, of. Tommy, uh, what is your Matt thought? Stafford. Matt Stafford, when it, when it counts, he's ready to play. When, when, when it matters the most, I mean, I've seen his best performances in the playoffs. Enough said. He rises to the occasion. And that's all we want in a leader at quarterback for any team at any level is for the quarterback to lead the charge and say, I got y'all. Get on my back. Let's go. That confidence, right? That's all it is because when you when you breathe that confidence, it it permeates through the locker room, right? 
And when you have a quarterback, and I'm not going to harp on Jared Goff, like, but I'm going to harp on his personality, per se, right? Very mellow type of guy. Even keel doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, just always kind of cruising in the middle. Your team sometimes can take on your quarterback's personality. In that situation, it could be a bad thing. Well, guys like Matt Stafford, I always wanted, when I wasn't the quarterback anymore and I moved to defense, I always wanted a quarterback on offense that was like me. Shot out of a cannon full of piss and vinegar. I don't want no soft guy back there. I want a guy who's not afraid to fight in the street or fight on the field or just go crazy. Like, I want a leader who's not afraid, you know? And there's a lot of guys back there that are terrified of their shadows, man. You can see it when the, before the ball's hiked, you know? He's not one of them. That's for damn sure. And I'm glad he's on our team. Well, my, my thoughts on this are pretty simple. Uh, and this is not really about Jared Goff at all. You know, but anybody who's still, and we still have them, who are still sitting there going, Jared Goff over Matt Stafford. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Say it like you mean it. Okay, the last two like games we've seen it because we can look at, even look at Jared Goff's playoff performance last year. In his playoff performance last year, with an injury, it was admirable. But, I mean, Stafford pretty much played hurt all year. And even though I know physically Jared Goff can make the throws, that's one of the things we know about him. We know when given time, he can make pretty much any throw. But mentally, is he ever always ready to make that throw? And the answer is no. We saw it with the game on the line. And everything there, with under 30 seconds left, what do we get? Perfect. Oh my gosh, a throw in the face of a blitz. I don't care if you're missing one guy, by the way, Bucks. You still missed it. Okay. In that blitz face, which is he was the best at all year. He nails it. Gets that team lined up. Gets that ball spiked with four seconds left. Game winning field goal. Bam. Okay. Can Jared Goff do it? Yes. Was he doing the last two years? Not a whole lot. This is what you got Matt Stafford for. So I don't want to hear anymore, Jared Goff over. Dude, you can go bite the big one. Get out of here. Because you're not legit if you're going to keep talking about this. Jared Goff had, had a good career for the Rams. Didn't work out. This is your guy now. And he got your team to the NFC Championship game. And no matter what anybody says, two guys got them there yesterday. Making the big play. Stafford and Cooper Cup. Their connection. The other guys played a role. But making the play, those guys did. And they deserve credit for it. Knock off the Stafford crap. Honestly, he's your guy. And you know he may get you to a Super Bowl. That's all. I definitely agree, Derek. And I know we're cutting it short here. But what you're saying is what he talked about and Cooper Cuff talked about. He said, once I saw this, this, and this, I knew this is where I had to throw the ball. And that's what you're looking for in a quarterback down the stretch. That's what kind of makes Tom Brady so dangerous in the in these crunch times. I actually saw Pat Mahomes actually do some of the same things. You need somebody to be able to recognize what they're doing to you on defense and know absolutely where to go, as well as Cooper Cuff. He knew to just like, man, I'm about to just take this guy. It looks like he's squatting on the route. And he just took it upfield. The quarterback saw what the coverage was. He said, yeah, they look like they dropped down into zero coverage. I knew right then this is where I'm going. And with the 
blitz in his face. And that's why I'm like, yeah, come on, Bruce. You had a guy that was right there. It's the fact that he just chucked that bad boy up with the right spin and all that good stuff. And Cooper was able to run under it. Whereas you should have been talking about your DB needs to be in that deep, whatever. Don't let the guy get behind you. So, uh, yeah. What'd you think about that, Tom? Uh, I just know that I'm happy with the quarterback we got. Simple as that. And all I want to do this Sunday is beat the Niners and not walk out of my own stadium embarrassed. I don't want that. There's nothing worse than that, guys. Agreed. One more thing I want to say about it, too. Before we before we sign off here, um, Mike, you said something about him lining up and reading reading the defense and seeing what he's going to do. In the end, for all you golf lovers, you couldn't count on him to do that. Exactly. You couldn't count on him to read the defense, and at where he was in his career, that's what you needed him to do. Tommy and I talked about this over and over again: film study, knowing where you're going, being able to read a defense, and. There were a lot of times it was pretty obvious he wasn't doing his job out there. Do I hope he's successful in Detroit? Absolutely. But it says a lot, by the way, to see those same Detroit fans all over Twitter celebrating with Rams fans, seeing their guy, Matt Stafford, taking this team to the championship game. That says something. It's a whole lot. It does. It just it says a lot that their you know their team once again won like two or three games like they usually do, and just the import. I want to hug every single one of those fans so bad. Oh man, D- Detroit fans deserve something, dude. Seriously, they're they- such cool people too, man. Oh yeah, I haven't met one Lions fan that's a jerk ever. <laughs> they're just so nice. We met one. Norm and I when that came in twenty two, we were there. We met one who got up in Norm's face, and if you haven't met Norm, Norm's like six foot five and big, if you know what I mean. And this guy said something to him, and Norm just looked at him and cracked back at him so quick, the guy looked embarrassed. And as his own fans, Lions Ram, Lions fans, laughed him out of the restroom because he said something to him in the restroom. It was the funniest thing I ever heard come out of Norm's mouth. But Lions fans backed Norm up, the Rams fan, as this one jerk fan. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then after the game, as we're going back to the car, that same guy walked by and said, don't mess with me. Don't give me any trouble. And we're like, all right, dude. He had some girls with him. Like, as if we were going to. Norm, all Norm had to do was say one thing. Because you don't mess with Norm, dude. Norm will snap you in two. <laughs> so, that was the only jerk Lions family met the entire day. Going to that stadium, the most courteous people, the nicest people, just was a wonderful experience, and they deserve a winning team there. So I'm hoping our Rams transplants there get it. And Dan Campbell seems to have that team, their attitude changing. They were competitive when they shouldn't have been at times. So that's another thing, but there you go. Any closing thoughts, Tommy? Go Rams. Let's get it this weekend, man. <laughs> I mean, ugh. I'm going to be there. Niner fans, better not be sitting by me. Oh, boy. Ruin your day. Mike, <laughs> thoughts? I love it. I'm going to just 
piggyback off of what Tommy said. All I want to say, I don't care what the score is. 30 to nothing, 3 to nothing, 27, 25. I just need to see the Niner fans leaving with their mouths quiet and their eyes full of water from crying of the loss. That's all I need. That's it. It's, it's better than Christmas on this weekend when that happens. Better than Christmas. Better than Christmas. All right. For me, you know, anytime you're playing the 49ers, it means the world to beat you. Beat them. They are the measuring stick. They always have been. They always will be. To lose three times in a season to them? Ugh. Oh, man. I could. That would put a darkness on the offseason like you wouldn't believe. So here's hoping they pull it together. It's our toughest challenge of the year. They're the team that is built to beat them. But they can. They can beat them. We're going to have several guests on this week. We'll be back with you. In the meantime, have a great one. Follow us on Twitter at TalkRants. Follow me on Twitter at DC Apollo. Follow Tommy at Ram Tommy in LA. And Mike at 1 23. Don't forget, Rams Talk is at Talk Rams. We're also on Facebook. Have a great one. We are out of here. Audi. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.